Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is December the 9th, 2022. Hopefully this episode finds you well, in good health, and good spirits. I know a lot of people are getting sick right now. They're getting that ick wave. I mean, it's, it's, it's either flu, COVID, or you have like a cold, like a really just really nasty cold. And I feel for you. Um, listeners know I went through that, um, a few weeks ago, at least maybe it was not fun. And, um, really crossing my fingers and toes that I do not catch anything at least, at least before Christmas. I just got to get through Christmas. I think that's really important for me. I have family, friends and stuff that I see, and I just never want to like spread anything to like them. So that's always something I'm, I, I can consider around this time of year, but, um, Overall, this week has been good for me. It has been a solid week. Work is crazy. I kind of thought, oh, okay, maybe it's going to slow down, but it just didn't. It just hasn't. Uh, we are just running and moving, and uh, that, that means a lot of cardboard for me. So I've been up to my eyeballs in that. Uh, that's been fun and engaging. But um, let's see, food. Let's talk food, food corner. I'm really falling in love with pesto. Again, I love pesto. So good. I got to recreate. I wouldn't say it's a recreation. Well, no, no, no. You can kind of say it's a little bit of recreation. Yeah. I went out with some friends to see Baroness. It was fun. It was a really great time. And we um, kind of did an impromptu little food drink thing before we went. And we went to this little bar. I wish I knew the name. It was like a little hole in the wall. Um, And we're talking uh, Newport area. And um, they were serving this little bread tray thing. And essentially, it was just sourdough bread, pesto, pickled onions, and butter. And I was just like, this is so simple and easy. I love it. It was a little, like, little cafeteria tray. And uh, I had, like, a beer. And we drank some wine and just hung out. And I was like... This is so fucking great. <laughs> it's just, it was just the kind of like adult decadence that you just really can appreciate in your 30s. I don't know. But ever since then, I was like, I need to recreate this. I need bread. I need pesto. I need pickled onions and I need butter. And um, I do need the sourdough bread. I'm going to do this eventually, probably even this weekend. I'm probably going to pick up some and do this again. But instead, I did it with a French baguette and I made pasta uh, with, um, like some ground beef, was it, bouillonese, whatever, and, uh, some Alfredo sauce. It was so good. I was so happy to make it. I literally got super, super ripped, made this food, and then I was just thinking about how good it was the whole day. I posted it, like, two times. <laughs> I was so fucking excited about it. Um, and then another meal that I had in, like, was it, was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday I ate this. Um, no, it was, it was Wednesday because Thursday was a whole other little scram meal. So Wednesday I have Chinese and essentially I knew I was just going to make it like little PF Chang's in a bag, but I was fiending. I was fiending crab rangoons so hard and I didn't want to go through the hassle of waiting, um, like going to pick it up waiting wise and, and doing all of that. I want to, I just wanted to get home and I wanted to do my workouts and then I wanted to like, you know, cook and do all that. So I was like, how do I make this happen? Because I don't have crab rangoons at home. So I was like, Isaiah, you know how, you know how. And sure enough, I finally opened up my DoorDash app 
and I ordered some. And it felt really weird to be on the opposite end of the app. I mean, I've done it before, obviously, but it's been, it's been a really long time. Um, and I will say they're very efficient, and I'm really glad, and that made me really happy. Um, and the crab rangoons were good. So, yay. I also had um, shrimp lo mein, rice, and egg rolls. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a really good meal. I've been eating pretty well. I'm sure you guys would say I've been eating pretty well all year. Um, and I'm blessed. I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I appreciate you guys listening to my dumb food stories and takes. I'm sure this sounds even crazier when I'm just describing it. Um, and it really, I'm going to level with you. It doesn't really look that great to see. You know, I think people are kind of like fascinated by some of my plates just because they look so ridiculous. Like I'm just eating all this and they're like, it's just you in the house. Right. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, that's, that's insane. Um, but yeah, let's get into some news. We've, we've gabbed and gushed enough about myself. Um, let's see. I do have a Ukraine-Russia update. Okay, yeah, my computer's working. Let's go. All right, green light. I got this from Yahoo News and Reuters. Moscow says three killed in Ukrainian drone, stri- drone attacks on air bases deep inside Russia. So this is a big news kind of thing just in the in the war i mean i I kind of want to say it was like the biggest news in terms of just like conflict like war stuff um let's see one of the targets was ingles air base near the city of saratov uh let's see if i can find where the other one is in this article and i'm sorry in advance for the loose coverage guys i literally have just been kind of ripping and running all day and i was like let's get this biggest episode in um, but there's another spot too that was hit. Um, okay, here we go. Here we go. I'll just read the quote. In Kiev regime, in order to disable Russian long-range aircraft, made attempts to strike with R- Soviet-made unmanned jet aerial vehicles at the military airfields Dyagilvio. De- 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 in Rezan region, region and Ingles in Saratov region. And this is from a Russian defense minister. And I'm sorry I butchered that whole quote. But hey, here we are. Um, so those are two areas hit. This is big news just because obviously this is a little bit more of the Ukrainian offensive. And I don't think they really came out and really said anything. Like, oh, we did that, yada, yada, yada. But like, they just did it. And that's a big move. Um, they had hit... I believe some planes and stuff previously. This is a bit way back. We covered it, but um, this is a this is further in Russian territory. So, oh, excuse me, definitely a big move, um, and um, you know, just a strategic hit that happened. And uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that there was too much else to really report in terms of this week, in terms of like other conflict. Um, but still, something that was on the radar, and I wanted to at least mention. Obviously, there's more details and such, but uh, we do have a lot to cover, and I'd like to get to some, you know, some silver linings and just like other news. So I don't want to dwell on this too, too much. But yeah, I wanted to update that that happened. Um, let's see. Let's get to the good stuff. Um, got this from the Associated Press. Griner Freed, WNBA star, swap for Russian heads home so we officially have Brittany Griner back in the states um 
it was kind of like a snap sudden thing. It seemed like uh, negotiations were going on and on and on and on and on. Last we left from the podcast, she had just been sentenced and everything, and she was getting sent to a like penal uh, prison, like a like a work prison essentially. And um, you know that was definitely scary, definitely really sad. Um, serving out this you know pretty long, lengthy sentence. Um, but we definitely kind of knew, knew that behind the scenes, um, U.S. is working, you know, negotiating with, you know, Russian side, you know, to make this shit happen, make this transfer, the swap happen. Essentially, though, the swap, at least the, that the U.S. wanted, was Paul Whelan, Brittany Griner, for Victor Bout, or Victor Boot. We're going to oscillate. I think it's Bout. But, um, you know, if I, I get that wrong, sorry. Now, Bout, he was, you know, dubbed the Lord of War, arms dealer, trader. You know, he was selling munitions and arms to, you know, whoever wanted them. Uh, his big focus, I think, was a lot of, like, African um, countries, regions. And, you know, he was just selling guns and munitions to, like, warlords and things of that nature. Um, he got busted for 25 years, um, in like a, like American organized sting. Um, it was like allegedly, I believe Colombian, um, undercover, you know, people were saying, Hey, we want to get guns and we're going to like do operations and stuff. Potentially some of these operations might even lead to America, whatever. He's like, cool. Here's some guns. The deal got done. And then they um, apprehended him and, you know, he was sent to the States, uh, prosecuted, 25 years. He has served 11 of those years, I believe. And, um, you know, essentially, Russia's like, we want him and we'll give you Brittany Griner. We won't give you Paul Whelan. Now, Paul Whelan, another person we've discussed before, he was in Russia to do a wedding, I believe. Um... And essentially, he was doing this wedding. He says he was going to get some pictures and stuff, but he had to meet with a like this this person for these photos in a hotel. And in doing the process, like the the handoff, which I believe was on a USB, he was immediately apprehended. And he has been serving ever since. I don't know the length of his sentence, but it, it is long. They were trying to get him during the Trevor Reed swap. I think that's where we first, and podcast-wise, were introduced to Paul Whelan. And, um, you know, he's been there ever since. Uh, it's seemingly, like, compounding. Like, each and every time they miss the opportunity to get him. Like, oh my gosh, like, he's still there. Um, you know, the family was notified beforehand that this he wasn't going to be a part of the swap, sadly. Um, you know, they're, they're discouraged about it, but they were happy that, you know, Griner is coming home. So, you know, the trade goes down, Russian TV, they record it. Um, it said that like, uh, they have like Brittany Griner, whatever the, um, bout is, you know, walked over. He, um, you know, shakes hands and stuff. I think he like even like hugs potentially the, the officials, Briner and him like exchange a glance. Brian Griner isn't allowed to walk over. She's with you know American side. They put a both people get on their planes respectively, go home to their respective countries, um, or peoples, I guess in that situation, right? Um, I think yeah, because I think they did like a dead drop thing. I'm I'm kind of missing some of the details here, but whatever. But um, essentially, 
Grinders back home. She's home before Christmas. Hell fucking yeah. I think that's great. Actually, we're going to take the break early. Um, you know. And I suppose... Excuse me, excuse me. I should, you know, kind of elaborate a little bit. Catch maybe people who who aren't familiar up to speed with, you know, how Griner got into the situation. Brittany Griner, NBA, uh, WNBA basketball player. She's really great, um, very talented. Um, she had like hemp cartridges, hemp oil cartridges, whatever. Um, Let's just say, I'm going to say weed cartridges. We can be casual here, whatever. Um, and she had them in her bag. Now she says, like, hey, I meant to take these out, and I didn't take them out, and um, they were still in my bag. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, like, well, she's a really good, talented WNBA player. Why would she be playing in Russia? That's weird. Well, it is kind of a common thing for, you know, WNBA players to, you know, if you are really talented or just you're just trying to make the most out of your career is to more or less pull double duty and play in, you know, European leagues. And essentially she's playing basketball in Russia, um, you know, because it was just paying for it. It was just a, a yield. And, you know, she got caught up in this whole situation. Um, this actually took place. It started right before the invasion, right before the Russian invasion into Ukraine. So, I mean, it was just looking very scary for, for her situation. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to like use you as like a hostage situation more or less. Um, and I mean, that's really how it felt. And I mean, essentially as this was just going on, we're like wondering how is she going to get out? Like, when is she going to get out? But, um, you know, Hey, luckily this all worked out to the good. She's now with her, you know, her wife now. That's awesome. We'd love to see that. Um, I know that there are people who are upset that this wasn't a two for one trade. Hell, there are people who are upset that we traded Victor Boot at all because he was such an asset and he was so bad and he needed to serve these 25 years. And like, bro, I don't care. I don't care. And I know maybe that's callous to say and think because he was quote unquote so bad, but it's like surprise fucking surprise. There are arms dealers. There are bad men and women out there doing trafficking like this everywhere in every country, even ours. So, I mean, in the situation, it just is what it is. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's been in jail for, like I said, like 11 years. I don't know, like, any of his, like, asset information that could be gained from him is kind of dead, kind of expired. Um, maybe Rushy just kind of did this for points. I don't know, what have you. But um, it just is what it is. And like I said, I am gl glad that Griner is back. Yeah, back home that's awesome um i know the biden administration is happy to catch a dub because shit shit um honestly i could tell you talk about that for some more time but we can move along i do have a stack docket um let's move on to npr someone shot at substations in north carolina knocking out power for thousands um also uh kind of a conjoining article as well uh, from the News and Observer, another North Carolina power substation was disabled before the Moore County attack. Now, the Moore County attack is where this kind of 
the main crux of what's kind of been going on this week has been happening. Um, so we'll focus on that. Now, it is not determined who did this, it, whether if, if it's one lone person or if this is a group, but it is kind of leaning towards and looks like, feels like, I guess you can say, because there hasn't been a uh, clear suspect, but it links to kind of like the modus operandi of white supremacy. It, potentially just people acting out of these kind of malicious style groups that want to kind of start a racial war and want to kind of start a culture war, whatever there might, you know, might be. It's just fitting that MO. And for me, it was kind of like, hmm, I mean, I, that's not going to surprise me at all. That would not throw me off for 2022. I did have that on my bingo card. But um, it just... It fits in the way of, like, there's a destabilization aspect on, like, almost a local level that they want. Um, essentially, all you have to do is just calculate a strike on some power stations, and you throw off the whole grid. And then people don't have means, and it's the middle of winter. And that creates an unrest. And then you, as these parties and people, can get involved in that unrest and enhance it, stoke it. And thus, you're making more chaos. You're causing more unrest and unto more unrest, and then you get what you want by, like, overthrowing the government. So this is kind of like seed shit, and um, it just fits that, and people are very concerned. Uh, I myself am like, okay, yeah, that's really bizarre. That's really fucked up. Now, they have um, put out, like, um, shelters for, you know, people at Moore County Parks and Recreation Sports Complex, um, but more than, I think they said in this article, it might be like 44,000 people, maybe more. I'm probably, it's probably, we don't know. It's 40,000 people. And the number has gone down like over the week. Um, but yeah, 40,000 people are without power. Um, I don't know that having no power is one of those like first world problems for just like one day. And it always like gets my fucking goat, but I'm sure you've been in situations where it's been more than one day. It goes into like multiple. And the older I get, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm holding my household, my budget together, whatever. When that happens and you don't have food, you don't have means uh, to take, you know, take care of your, your shit. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to make that money back? Like, these are things that are very destabilizing. Um... So it's it's very eerie, it's very scary to kind of like know that there's like a very dark malicious like intent behind this kind of shit. And to know that they haven't caught the people because then it kind of it lends to it and it's kind of said in this article too. It lends to that whole sophisticated nature. And we all know kind of what they mean by like that sophisticated and unsophisticated. Unsophisticated always means it's some fucking average Joe schlob knocker. They don't fucking matter and they just might as well just turn themselves in from the get. Whereas sophisticated almost always means high criminal or like military-like, militaristic. So that's not what you want to see in these kind of situations when they're using the word sophisticated. Um, and then like I said from the other article that it wasn't just this one power station or like, not to mention it was, it was multiple stations that got hit, I believe, substations. And not just hit, they were hit like in a way that they knew what they were hitting, you know? Once again, sophisticated. Um, 
but that others were hit and I believe um, a Eastern North Carolina town of Maysville. Um, and this was like about 12,000 homes. So not as many, but like still like it's a ramp up. It's a continuation. That's bad trends. We don't like that. We don't want to see that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely want to keep you guys posted with any more updates I find. So far, it's kind of just been that they're just getting the power back on. But um, yeah, still no solid leads or suspects. Uh, let's see. This is definitely one, this one coming up, that is, I feel like this is one that's above my pay grade still. I've kind of said this before. Um, BBC News. But um, Syria. Protesters storm governor's office in southern city of Sueda. So, oh, let's read a little bit here. A protester and a policeman have been reportedly killed during rare demonstrations in southern Syria city of Sueda. Um, but they like stormed, I believe the governor's office and they like burned it. Uh, let's see here. Um, early, earlier about 200 demonstrators were reportedly calling for president Bashir al-Assad's overthrow. Um, it, it also goes on to the, some of the like reasons and whatnot, um, talking about just, the economic distress that is going on in Syria, and then also that um, kind of kind of goes to talk about President Assad's forces um, who've cracked down on de democratic protests in 2011. Hundreds have died and millions have been displaced. Um, there's just a lot of action going on in Syria. I really wish I had had some kind of resource, and I'm really kind of reaching out to my own audience here, the world. If you could, like, just put me on a podcast, put me on a book, whatever, I will read it. I will fucking invest the time because Syria is one of those areas. I mean, there's there's so much of the world. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to, you know, get into this podcast, continue on this podcast. Because I felt like it gives me the reason to pursue the knowledge, you know. And I've learned a lot just by going week to week doing this shit. And then, like, hey, this falls into my lap. That falls into my lap. Or I chase this lead down or that lead. So I definitely feel out of my depth when it comes to the conversation of what's going on in Syria. But, um, you know, something like this where you have a government office being kicked in, people are like, you know, causing a ruckus doing that. Like, that's a big deal. That's not nothing. Um, let's see. I don't think anyone was killed, though. Um, people were wounded. Um, in the exchange, uh, let's see, is there anything else I wanted to cover? Gosh, see, I mean, here, here's a link right here. This is a rabbit hole. Why has the Syrian war lasted 11 years? I don't know. I can't answer that. Here I am doing a podcast. Like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. I wish, I wish I was one of those podcasters who is like the expert. Like, hey, I'm a poli sci guy. And I'm just going to like break down how the world works to you. I wish. I really wish. But um, it's not. I'm just a slob. Like, when he, I'm an unsophisticated podcaster. I'll just say it. I'll just be real. <laughs> um... But let's see here. Let's see. Um, in some other news, I got this from straight up Yahoo News. This is all Yahoo News, 100%. Um, I wonder, is the other one right here? No, the other one is Politico. But um, we'll talk about the good, and then we'll talk about the bad. And, I mean, obviously, this is all perspective and POV. 
But, um, you know, let's roll it on out. Um, Senator Raphael Warnock defeats Herschel Walker to win re-election in Georgia Senate runoff race. So, uh, the race finally, um, the election runoff race, whatever, it finally concluded, finally happened. Um, I've had, like, such a fucking, um, like, hangover from the whole, uh, just government election shit you know <laughs> and the fact that like we had to deal with these runoffs and stuff was just like ugh. it's not just done in one day it's not just done in one week and this is me just talking about it i couldn't imagine being like a georgia citizen apparently like this is like their fifth fucking election that they've had in like i think like three years or something like that i don't know they've had a lot of voting to do and um but they did come out there was a, a big turnout um, and Warnock won this pretty decisively. Now, the way that the runoff situation happened was Raphael Warnock had already won, but he didn't get the 50%, um, that you needed to win decisively. So they had to go to a runoff between the two of them. There was like Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock, and there was another guy who was like a libertarian and he got 2% of the vote. So it was in the opening weeks very like oh my gosh how's this gonna turn out how how's this gonna go and um you know to some extent people were like well how much does this matter because if the senate is tied up and we get to 50 then we're fine because we have the kamala vote like we have the vice president vote and uh, before this election that already happened so we were assured that but 51 is still an important number it's important because what happens if you have like a Joe Manchin situation again and they hold out and they're not sure or what have you, or maybe even another senator, because <laughs> we might be getting to that, who might not be on board or might not be playing ball. You want to have the majority for sure. And 51 helps assure that. Um, so it was, it was very important. Um, that he, you know, that Raphael Warnock was going to win. Or it was at least going to matter, is what I, I'm really trying to say here. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm squirting my bias all over this. But um, I will say, the tale of the tape, it, Herschel Walker just didn't show up. It was almost like everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall. And, like, Herschel, like, didn't really, like, go out for, like, the first, like, five days or so. Didn't really cook. Um he kind of hung out and did like the holiday shit like the rest of us and uh then kind of started hitting the ground running but it was kind of like too little too late not to mention on the other side of it um the the democratic campaign in general like they just put up the money like there was just so much more money put up i i think it was like 50 50 55 million dollars was put up on warnock side to like the twenty five thousand or so that was put up on herschel walker's for just this leg of it, I believe. Like, I don't even know. Like, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe we're just doing whole totals and I'm getting that part wrong. But just the tail of the tape was just, the Democrats were just firing harder. They wanted it more. Um, and I think there just wasn't too much backing. Um, I think Kemp came out on Herschel Walker's side, which people did vote for Kemp, but they didn't vote for Walker when it came to the election. They they tend to vote it for... for um, Warnock. 
So that's that that's a, that, a split vote like that is not what you want. That's what you're already fighting. So Kemp kind of tried to say, hey, you know, you still want to vote for this guy. You still need this guy. We need him. We need him in the Senate. Like, let's make it happen. But on the other side, you had like Barack Obama coming out, you know? I mean, shit. I don't I know that there's probably some listeners out here like, man, I don't want to hear about Obama. I don't want to hear about that. Like he's bad, whatever. But Barack Obama plays. All right. He just gets people out, gets the people going. All right. Love him, hate him, whatever. <laughs> um, but it all kind of panned out in her in, in, in Herschel Warnock. I was about to fuse them together. In Raphael Warnock's favor. Um, you know, you could go into the details of it, but yeah, so essentially half. Yeah, we were at fifty one forty nine. But we got some breaking news today. I woke up this morning and um there was some there's some new new movement in uh the political sphere. And this is what we'll wrap up on, and I'm gonna hit my little my little break real quick. You know, I gotta double down. Big episode. No, an old woman was not being robbed. <laughs> my apologies for my weird noises. Um, I got this from Yahoo News slash Politico. Cinema, as in Christian cinema, um, or Kirsten, Kirsten cinema switches to independent, shaking up the Senate. Um, so this is big news, and I wish it wasn't surprising to me, but it's just... Uh, it's 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 frustrating. It's what's more frustrating than anything. Um, I'll read a little blurb here. In a 45-minute interview, the first-term senator told Politico that she will not caucus with Republicans and suggested that she intends to vote the same way she has for years in the Senate. Nothing will change about my values or my behavior, she said. But, essentially, um, as of 2024, um... Well, I mean, I guess more or less now, but, like, we don't know if she's going to be running in 2024 when she's up for re-election. But for now, she's going to be an independent. Um, she's not going to be directly affiliated with the Democrats. And I just cannot believe that she's going to stick to any script. Because part of what I was saying is it's not just Joe Manchin. It is this duo that is cinema and Manchin. And now as an independent, she's just more or less just throwing it off. She just gets to be like, look, if I want to be Republican today, I'm going to be Republican. Um, she's saying she's not going to do that, but that's just, that's what just allows her to do what she wants. It gives her more range. She's alluded to this kind of behavior, too, in interviews and things of that nature. She's just playing for her at the end of the day. Also, I love that there are the Joe Mansions and there's the Kirsten Cinema. Um, I don't know why I gave him plural, not her. But essentially, I'm, I'm getting that. There's always a group of people who are quote unquote centrist, moderate, whatever, um, who are going to gum up the works. And they completely negate any kind of aggressive movement, which I fucking hate. And then, not to mention, they just blow up the whole spot for the whole liberal agenda. And it goes. It makes you go, well, what's this all about? And this is where you just go, wow, yeah, the two-party system is bullshit. It's all fucking gross. It all plays so that 1% get what they want, capitalism wins, and we just fucking lose. 
Um, and it's very disheartening. It's very upsetting. And, um, you know, obviously, yeah, as we close out the year and, yeah, like, this has just been my window look into this whole fucking realpolitik in action. Um, it sucks. It definitely does suck. And I'm, I, I, in some ways, want to apologize that I drag you through stories like this. And if it's not this goddamn shooting or a murder or fraud or what have you, but... You know how it is. You know how it goes. That is the news. I do also, you know, try to get the good news about people getting to come home for Christmas uh, from being in Russian prison. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes you come out of the gulag alive and that's what's up, baby. Um, and I, I do appreciate you guys sticking with me. And I hope I've, you know, been providing some enjoyment. Um, I will say I'm going to move into shill mode now. Um, shout out to Hanin Shalash. Um, she's been on the podcast before. Actually, she's been a guest. Um, she's now, you know, officially Newsy Newsy. She subscribed. And so giving her her shout out, her personal flowers. Um, and also shout out to, you know, the other Newsies. We're growing. Yes. The club, the community. Yes. Yes. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, Patreon, though, that is patreon.com slash Isaiah News. $5. It will get you the shout out on the podcast like Nino. Um, It also gets you Discord access if you would like that, trying to talk and do stuff on there. Uh, Let's see. It also gets you, like, you know, material shout out. Like, you can, if you want me to talk about something, I will talk about it. If you want me to plug your stuff, I'll plug it. Um... I mean, hey, it's it, it's that's what we're doing. Um, if you'd like just to support, throw some money weight my way, um, it would help. It would be great. And makes hopefully the podcast better or like puts more cool food in my mouth. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, I have a freeway, though, of hitting me up. If you'd like to give feedback, what have you, um, that is IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. And you can find the podcast on any of the socials. You can find me on any of the socials. I'm there. I will say, sadly, I think I've given up on Hive um, uninstalled. But, hey, whatever. You can still find me on Twitter. And um, at some point, i got to talk more about that. But that'll probably actually be on the Patreon. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You get bonus content on there. Sometimes I pay well on my content. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. But um, it's really to save you from Kanye West rants and Elon Musk rants. I, I, I got to talk about it sometimes, but I'm trying to contain that on the Patreon. But I get real there. I get even looser. I even gooser, if that's possible. But um, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.